while I'm watching that, is tough for me. And I filmed it because it's, it, it reminds me that we weren't there this year once again. And, uh, and uh, as you can tell, that's where my heart is. Amen? And um, that's where my treasure is. Love the people of the Dominican Republic, and I want to thank you for partnering together with us in the years past to go to financially impact nation, that nation with the compassion of Christ. Because of you, that president that you saw on the screen gave his life to Christ. We were able to pray over him in his office. The other gentleman that you saw between Debbie and I, the, the governor, born-again believer, um, the man that was one of the other men in there just gave his life to Christ in January when he came here to visit us. And he was in a church down in Fort Myers, Florida, 6,000 people in that church. And he stood up to thank the people of that church on behalf of the president for, for, for sending Hope International. And the Spirit of God hit him. And he was just crying in front of every. That was Carlos, you know. And, he, and he's crying so much that he, he says, I, I am so sorry. I do not know what is happening to me. What am I feeling? And everybody in the whole church was like, we know what's going on. You know, the Holy Ghost just fell on him. And he gave his life to Christ and went back a believer. And uh, so your kindness, your generosity has impacted that nation for so long. We want you to come back with us this next year, June 21st to the 29th. Save it on your calendars. Registration will open up for the DR 2021 trip in just a few short weeks, September 1st. And we need people in construction, uh, logistics, um, uh, evangelism, prayer, um, pharmacy, pharma pharmacists, doctors, nurses, surgeons, uh, ophthalmologists, dentists. We need you all. Dental hygienists, my goodness. Please think, pray about coming to the Dominican Republic with us in June 2021. We'd love to have you. Now, I'll tell you what. Going back to this story of in, being in Haiti, actually it was Joe Gibbs, the owner of the Washington Redskins, that actually, and he's a NASCAR, a NASCAR owns a NASCAR um, uh, unit, um, he actually flew us all back from Haiti for free. What a gift from God, amen? Listen, you would have had to been with us to understand how much of a gift that was. That was just absolutely... When you're living on Rice Krispie treats and granola bars and, and, and little packets of, of coffee, that actually that coffee um, brought in every major news network into our camp and they did interviews with us because they heard we had Starbucks in, in, in Haiti. So it was pretty cool. Hallelujah. We're so grateful. And uh, we want you to be praying with us about going. Your financial help is tremendous. We have probably three container loads of medical supplies and medicine and goods in Michigan right now to send to the Dominican Republic in June. It'll cost us about $10,000 a container. 
So we need your help with that. We're still right now feeding people in the villages of the North Shore of the Dominican Republic. They haven't worked since April, March. They haven't worked since March. They have no unemployment there. Think of it. It's very, people are dying because of the lack of food. So thank you so much for all that you do for Hope International and for the people of the Dominican Republic. Let's pray. Father God, you have brought us to a place here this morning, to this moment in time, an opportunity that you have set before us, an opportunity that you have been preparing us for, for weeks before our arrival here yesterday. An opportunity to stand and make a declaration that says yes to the voice of heaven calling us to move from here to there. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that is open to your spirit, O oh God, to speak to us this morning. God, there's a prepared yes in our hearts. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're about to do in our lives in this moment together. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said. Some of you may be wondering where I'm going with this this morning. You may not get it until the last 10 minutes of the message. But hang with me, because it's life-changing, it's life-altering. I'm not staying here any longer. Everybody say that with me. I'm not Now understand, I'm not talking about the church. You can relax, Pastor. I'm not talking about here in the church that you're not staying here any longer. Understand, when, when I say this, Unlike Joshua in our text this morning, we're not talking about a physical location. I love Joshua. How many of you like Joshua? I love Joshua, man. He's young. He's young, like me. Learning from an old guy, like Dr. Ken. <laughs> Ken is actually younger than I am, but, but I've learned so much from him and his wisdom. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1. Then Joshua rose up early in the morning, and they set out from the Chacacia Grove to come and came to the Jordan. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So, verse 2 says, So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. Verse 3, and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Go after what? The ark of the covenant that represented to them the presence of God himself. So the twofold message here is number one, follow the ark. Say follow the ark. Because they were following God. Because we should follow God because we get in trouble when we try to go before him. Number two, go after God. Pursue him with passion. Don't just kind of like, ah, you know, inch along. Pursue him with passion like you did your wife before you got married. Guys, this is a good time to say amen. <laughs> just to help you out a little bit. It's a good spot to say amen. And all the men said, there you go. We should be going after God. For every believer, going after God isn't weirdness, it's reality. For it should be a constant and consistent reality of our everyday lives in him. 
Verse 4 says, for you have not passed this way before. I'll bet you've heard that verse in Scripture a million times over the last three months, especially during the season that we've been going through. And each time you hear it or read it, it ought to be true. If it's not, then something is terribly wrong. Look at where you are right now, spiritually, in Him. Because where you are today should only be seen again tomorrow in your spiritual rearview mirror. I love to go hunting. I'm a deer hunter. Anybody an outdoorsman here? Okay, I'm all alone. This example is not going to go over well. So I go up to Michigan every year during deer season. For some reason, God just schedules me for meetings up there in the churches during deer season. Isn't that awesome? So I'm out there hunting with my, bit, my best friend, John Kipper, who led me to the Lord. And he hits a deer. So now we're tracking the deer. We're trying to find the deer. And this is what it looked like. We're looking for tracks. We're looking for signs that the deer went this direction or went that direction. Now we're hunting in 125, 150 acres of prime hardwood where no one else is allowed to be. Nobody else is hunting there. Nobody. Just my buddy and me. So I'm like, we're for three to four hours, we're like this, walking around, looking, and all of a sudden I go, what? I, come a, I came across footprints. I'm getting all mad inside. I'm going like, there's not supposed to be anybody else here but me and John. No one else is supposed to be hunting here. Whose footprints are these? And then I realize they're mine. You see, I had been going around in circles. You see, if you come to the same place, the same spiritual place often, it means you're going in circles in your spiritual life. And ain't nobody got time for that. God's design for us is to know him spiritually and relationally in our depth and desire for him that no matter where you were yesterday, that God has a new place for you today, and he's got another place in him to take you tomorrow. You see, you may have been this way before, and you may have been this way before, but what God's saying is, is that you haven't been this way before. This is a new path for you spiritually. Some may be thinking, well, pastor, I've heard this before. Nothing new. And that's your problem. Because some of you have been to the same place so many times before that you think that you know it all. That there's nothing more to explore. You see, the sin of familiarity is when you've been to some place so many times before that you have lost the wonder. So familiar that you have lost the wonder. Listen, please. Being in a familiar place doesn't magnify your spiritual aptitude, but just the opposite, because God has a never-ending supply of new places, hallelujah, spiritually, to take you to every day. 
I promise you that God wants to take you to a new place in him today and tomorrow and every day thereafter for the rest of your lives. A place spiritually that you have never been to before. Is there anyone that wants that here in this place today? Amen. Joshua chapter verse 5 says, And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I'll come back to that later. Verse 6, Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Now look at Psalms 84 verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. Verse 6, as they pass through the valley of Baca. Now listen, when God speaks to you, his purpose is not only to awaken something within you, but also to call you to a new place in him. And it's going to require something from you to get there. It's going to require your partnership. It's going to require activity on your behalf. And it's going to require you to yield to him and things that are happening around you. It's going to require something from you so he can release to you and through you what he has promised to you. Prayer is one thing that it will cost you. Here's where I, I lose some people. You see, prayer is ordering the natural for the supernatural. In other words, prayer is preparing yourself for what God has prepared for you. I never could have been prepared for what God had prepared for us in the Dominican Republic apart from prayer. Meeting with two presidents. And now the third president, the president that was just inaugurated a few weeks ago, has asked for us to come and meet with him. I could have never prepared myself for that apart from prayer. If all God has for you is where you are right now spiritually, then our God is severely limited. You see, prayer is God preparing you for what's yet ahead. And when we pray, we believe that we are about to step into the places that we have never been before. And without the foundation of prayer, you will never be able to properly steward what's on the other side of the door. He wants to bring you through to a new place in him he wants you to move on to. If you're happy where you are, you can tune out. But I believe that God has put a desire, a yearning in each and every one of our hearts for more. Can you say more? Everybody wants more. The key is to want more of what he wants for you. Prayer is preparation. God's saying to us, prepare yourselves because you are about to cross over. I can't tell you how many times in the last 40 years of pastoral ministry that I have preached about Israel crossing over, but there is something here that I have never seen before in my life. You see, my study of his word, God reminded me that he will speak the same word amongst us until we get it and do what he has told us to do. 
I used to think, why is pastor continuing to preach the same thing over and over again? I just heard that from him two weeks ago. Obviously, because we didn't get it. How many times do we need to hear the word crossover before we actually do what God said and crossover? The children of Israel, it's easy to see that God was working in them to move them from one side of the Jordan to the other side of the river. The Jordan River was their barrier at that time. It represented their current situation, their current reality. And to cross over that, that barrier to the promise. That promise was their destiny that was committed to them hundreds of years earlier through Abraham. God said, Abraham, this is the Kurt Holthus version, okay, of the Bible. Abraham, get out of here and go to the land that I'm giving to you and your descendants as an inheritance. Now, on this journey that God has labeled life, you and I, if we think that God is taking us to only one destination, then one crossing over is enough. But we need to see the words of the psalmist here that he declared in Psalms 84 verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength, say strength, strength is in you, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. You see, when we began our new life in Christ, Jesus invited us on a journey. And that journey is a pilgrimage. And every day we continue on that pilgrimage towards our destiny. You can read it in Matthew chapter 17, verses 1 through 13. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you what happened. Here, Peter, James, and John are with Jesus. And Jesus takes them to the Mount of Transfiguration. And suddenly, Jesus' face shines like the noonday sun. And his clothes become white as light. And Moses and Elijah appear. And Peter says, it doesn't get any better than this. Let's stay right here. Let's build three tabernacles. Let's build one for Jesus, one for Moses, one for Elijah. But Jesus didn't allow that to happen. Why? Because, of, because that wasn't their destiny. Only a temporal destination, friends. Only another step on their pilgrimage towards their destiny. Listen, friends, never make a shrine around a move of God. Never make a shrine around a move of God. The Tower of, Tower of Babel, the Mount of Transfiguration are great examples. Why? Why? Because a move of God is just one more step on your journey, on your pilgrimage to your destiny. You see, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. You can be as young as me. You can be as old as pastor. It doesn't matter. If there's still breath in your lungs, you're still on the pilgrimage. And God's got something that he wants you to do for him. You see, he's speaking to us today to challenge us to keep crossing over. Because on this journey, there are many crossings over. Let me tell you about three observations that I have about crossing over. The first one is in 2 Corinthians 3.18. It says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. 
So on this journey, this pilgrimage, God's saying, I'm going to take you from glory to glory. Say from glory to glory. Exactly. The word glory carries the idea of weight or weightiness. In other words, God's saying, I'm going to take you from one level of weightiness to another level of weightiness in your life. And this happens as you behold him. Now, he's not talking about weight in the natural here. The connotation, the meaning of this verse is that there will never be a limit to his glory that you can be transformed or taken to. Wow. Never a limit to his glory that you can be transformed or taken to. Being transformed from glory to glory, learning his ways and his word, is based upon your ability to keep your eyes on him as we study and learn his word. Even in the midst of afflictions, this season, COVID, God wants us to cross over from glory to glory. The apostle Paul asked God to take a thorn in the flesh away from him, an affliction that he had. But God's answer was, I'm not going to take it away from you, Paul. I'm going to give you something instead. You see, oftentimes God... We want God to take afflictions from us when all the time he wants to give us something better. So instead of removing an affliction, he gives us more grace that causes that light affliction to work something greater in us and we cross over from glory to glory. Are you following me, church? You see, moving from glory to glory is a part of the journey. Romans 1.17 talks about this journey. It says, for in it, the gospel, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Faith to faith. Somebody say, faith to faith. Born again believers are designed to live by faith. And generally, what's happening around us could be, please don't misunderstand what I'm about to say could be the result of our ability or inability to live. Listen, it's not just possible but probable that we are currently experiencing in our lives what our faith has produced. All the time understanding, say understanding, that not everything we experience is because of our lack of ability to live by faith. Are you understanding that? Why? Because life is full of stuff. Life is full of stuff. Junk. And God is sovereign. So because of the power of the gospel that Paul is talking about here, God's saying, I'm going to take you from one dimension of faith to another. From exercising your faith over here to exercising your faith over here on another level. And here's how he does this. James 1.3 says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Nobody wants to hear that. But I can tell you right now that after being married for 45 years, my wife has a doctorate in patience. I've helped her by testing her faith. Listen, life gets nasty, it gets dirty, it's smelly sometimes. And sometimes my current circumstances look nothing like what he promised to me. 
And it doesn't matter how long I've been standing in faith, friends, nothing seems to change. Have you ever been there? Don't worry. It's simply the testing of your faith. And when that happens, my ability to stand in that moment produces something in me. It produces something within me that enables me to cross over, not just to my promise, but to another level of faith. And listen, God will never, God will never take us from a place where we have to stand in faith to a place where we no longer need to stand in faith for anything anymore. When we first started in ministry, we used to say, if God just gave us a million dollars, we'd be set. But you know what? If God gave you a million and what you learned in the last place of faith benefits you in the next place. No, write that down and remember it. What you learned in the last place of faith benefits you in the next place. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. The Greek word used here for patience is hupomene, which literally means spiritual endurance. I like what William Barclay, great theologian, wrote describing endurance. Endurance is not just the ability to bear a hard thing, but to turn it into glory. Wow. Spiritual endurance that declares, uh, I'm going through all these difficulties, but I serve a God that's above them all. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater than anything that the world can throw at me right now, including COVID. I'm going through a trial, they're testing my faith, but it's working in me the ability to endure whatever comes my way so I can cross over into my promise. Is there anyone here that's ready to cross over into their promise? Are you ready for mo to move from a place of faith and cross over into the promise where you're still required to stand in faith again? The children of Israel, listen, wandered for 40 years. They circled that mountain so long that they finally got it and they moved on from one place of faith to another. This is what it says in Psalms 84, 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in the Lord, whose heart is set on a pilgrimage. In other words, looking forward in eager anticipation. As they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a spring. The rain also covers it with pools. Wish I had time to share more about that. There's an incredible message there. They go from strength to strength. Somebody say that with me. From strength to strength. Say it again. From strength to strength. Some of you are already seeing it. In this journey, this pilgrimage that God has us on, his desire is to take us from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. The Valley of Baca is significant because the Hebrew word Baca means weeping. Have you ever gone through a season of weeping? Weeping over a spiritually lost son or daughter? The death of a loved one. Oh, maybe a negative report from the doctor or a loved one enslaved by sin. You say, God, what's going on in my life? What's happening to me? Things are going all in the wrong direction. How's this going to turn around for me? And while that's part of the life's pilgrimage or journey that God has us on, God reminds us, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. 
Listen, you may be traveling through the valley of Baca right now. It's momentary at best. You got to keep telling yourself that because that's true. When you make up your mind and you declare that you're going from strength to strength, I'm here to encourage you and to remind you that it's almost morning. Hallelujah. Psalms 84, as you're on this pilgrimage or their journey, there's something that's required out of everyone that you have to pass through the Valley of Baca. You can't go around it. As we're traveling down the road, there's always these beltways around cities, so you don't have to go into the city. You can go around it and avoid all the mess. Sorry. You have to pass through the Valley of Baca. Here's the significance. That phrase, pass through, in the Hebrew, is the same word used in Joshua 3 for the phrase, cross over. Pass through, cross over. Same phrase. When Joshua said, in three days you will cross over, how did they cross over? They first learned how to wait upon the Lord. Remember, they spent three days preparing to cross over. And they renewed their strength. They mounted up with wings as eagles. You see, when you come to the valley of weeping, you don't need to camp out there for the rest of your life. I cannot tell you how many people I know that camp out in the valley of weeping, and they don't need to stay there. I pastored for 20 years the church that I planted in Mount Clemens, Michigan. And... Two individuals, husband and wife, both gave their lives to Christ. He became one of my board members and one of my elders. And then I left the church to start Hope International Ministries. A few years after we left the church, and that was 20 years ago next month, um, they called me. He said, Pastor, Murray Jr. has been in a bad car accident on his way to back to college. He's in ICU at University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And I turned around the motor coach and we drove back to Michigan to be with that family. Little Murray Jr. was only 21 years old. I dedicated him to the Lord. And then I buried him. The saddest thing about it all is, is that Murray's with Christ right now. That's the joy. But mom and dad are still living in the valley of weeping. All these years later. You see in devastating, discouraging, heart-crushing life events. You can choose to either let those things define you and confine you. Or you can choose to move on, cross over, and leave it behind you. Because people who know how to wait upon the Lord know how to turn the valley of weeping into springs of refreshing. Can you say amen? amen? 
You see, if you're in the midst of something today, right now, and everything around you says, this is the worst that I've ever experienced. It's worse than hell on earth. I'm here to declare to you that you can find strength in the Lord to go through, to cross over the valley of Baca and begin enjoying the springs of refreshing in his presence as you wait upon him. That's when God takes you from strength to strength. And you cross over into a greater place of strength. For God is always moving us from glory to glory, faith to faith, from strength to strength. Because he's an ever-increasing God who will never take his people backwards. Please say that with me. Never take his people backwards. I want you to remember that. The journey, the pilgrimage is always progressive. It's always forward in motion. It's always increase. (laughs) I'm going to need the pastors to help me. Guys, will you come and help me? Right here. This ladder represents from glory to glory. This first rung represents the day I gave my life to Jesus Christ, November 10th, 1974. Doing 50 to 60 hits of acid a week, controlled by a substance, and told that Jesus Christ could set me free. feeling all kinds of emotions this morning when I talk about this because although it was so many years ago it's so fresh in my mind of what God has done for me that got me on the first rung of learning more about Christ and so I gave my life to Jesus Christ and this is where you are when you first ask Jesus into your life to set you free from your past and give you a new future. He can do that for everyone. He can do that for you. If you're watching via Lime Street, please know he can do that for you right now where you are in your home no matter what's taking place in your life. So you get on that first rung and then you what's next? Well, what was next for me is uh, John Kipper, man, he, he told me, he says, listen, he said, you need to go to, you need to, go to the men's breakfast at, at the church. My dad's running it. Adolph Kipper. Man of God. Incredible. And so I got up that Saturday morning to go to the breakfast, but I had pleurisy. I was sick. Been diagnosed with it the day before. Doctor gave me a prescription. I went to get it. It was going to cost $125. I was living in some old lady's house in a rented room because my parents threw me out of my house because they thought I was in a cult. Seriously. So I told the guys, they said, well, we're going to pray now. Is there anything that you need prayer for? And I threw it out there. Yeah, I... I I need $125 to buy medicine because I'm sick with pleurisy. And I thought somebody was just going to give me some money. But instead, they prayed for me. What's that all about? They laid hands on me and prayed for me. Fifteen minutes later, I walked out of that place 100% healed. You, You know what that did for me? I learned something. I learned there's power 
in prayer. You know what just happened? I just moved up the ladder. Then, then I, 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 I meet my wife. Here we are pastoring. And we need a miracle of God. And God did a miracle. And I learned that he does more than just heal. He provides. And when that provision came, I moved up the ladder. I was learning and learning and learning as my life continued on, as my pilgrimage continued on. Now help me, Pastor. Now here, this is significant, because if I fall, he'll catch me. <laughs> but really, the symbolism is, is powerful. You can't go on this pilgrimage without someone supporting you. And that's why he's given us pastors. They're not better than us. They just have another calling, which is to help us grow from glory to glory. Come on. So, do you have liability insurance? (laughs) Hallelujah. So I've grown, and I'm up to this place, glory to glory. I'm growing from glory to glory. And I get to the point where I see, wow, God, I can... I can believe you. I, 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 this is incredible. You're here. You're with me on this journey. And, and you know what that is? That's building faith in my life because I've grown in the Lord, because I've been in his word glor- growing from glory to glory. And you know what I do? I step over onto this one. And this ladder represents faith. And now Debbie and I are in our church. Somebody, had, we had been trying to buy 40 acres of, or we have been trying to buy property to build our church on, and nobody would sell us property. We tried to buy 40 different parcels of property and building. Nobody would sell it to us. And I said, God, if you want a, a church in Mount Clemens, Michigan, you're just going to have to give us property. And God said, ask me to. Huh? So we asked him to. Two weeks later, he gave us 1.5 millions of property right on the expressway. You know what happened? Man, my faith. I'm going up the ladder. My faith is growing. You know what I mean? Now, I'm still working a full-time job. And my wife calls me. She said, get to the hospital immediately. Jeremiah has fallen. My 18-month son had fallen. He fell. He hit his head on a brick ledge. His eyes rolled into the back of his head. The neighbor took my wife and my son to the hospital. He said, he's got a broken neck. He was incoherent. And as I'm driving two hours to get to the hospital, I'm praying for my boy. My wife's at the hospital. She's praying for him. God said, didn't you dedicate him to me? She said, yes then I can do anything I want with him. Hard pill to swallow when your son is laying two feet from you in a bed with a presumed broken neck. When she said, yes, God, you can do anything you want with him. He came to, moving all of his extremities, 100% healed. Wow, you know what that did for me? 
That took me up to this point. And I'm like, I'm like, God, you can do anything. When Jeremiah got three years old, they diagnosed him with Crohn's disease. They said, your son will never reach his 16th birthday. The disease is so advanced, he'll die in the hospital. I'm so sorry. I said, God, you've healed him before. You've done miracle after miracle. And I believe you can do it again. Now, in the meantime, you know what God did? When the children of Israel came over through the Dead Sea, he closed up the sea behind them. Because he said, I don't want you going back. It's progressive, remember? The journey is progressive. God touched Jeremiah after we prayed for him. He went back in. They did biopsies. They found no Crohn's disease in my son's body. Today, he's 40 years old, and he's right up the road starting a church plant in Warrington, Virginia. Can you say praise the Lord? And he's never had an operation. No Crohn's in his life. Listen, man, you know what that does? That does something for me. That makes me strong. I go, wow, God, you're building me up. I feel like I'm invincible in you. And so you know what he does? It's like the children of Israel going from the wilderness, crossing over the Jordan River into the promised land, and he closes up the river behind him, them and says, I don't want you going back to that old Egypt. I want you going forward. This is a pilgrimage. It's a journey. And everything is progressive. So now I'm in a place of strength. I'm feeling my spiritual Wheaties. I'm serious. Not my Wheaties, my spiritual Wheaties. I'm feeling like in God, I can do all things. Hope, oh, wait a second. I think I read something once. In him we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So now God calls me to be a medical missionary. And it's like, I can do this, God. And I moved up another couple's rungs because I felt so strong. All the stuff that had happened. Remember what I said? All those things that he, does, he did in the past, we need to remember. And it gives us strength for the future. And I remembered. And so even though I'm just a pastor, and if I operate on you, you shall surely die, God called me to establish this ministry. Now we're in the office of the president of the Dominican Republic, praying over him and him giving his life to Christ. Like, can you, can, I can't, I, I'll go up and I'm feeling stronger. And then, 2017, we didn't get our container released. We had no medicine. I'm like, God, what do we do? Uh, pray. Ah, yeah. I remember when you answered prayer before. So now with no medicine, we're still holding our medical clinics, but 136 
Medical miracles took place in those clinics that year. And our doctors, we had a couple doctors that weren't saved. They gave their lives to Christ. They saw miracles right before their eyes. I'm like, God, you are awesome. Going up another rung. Now the current president that was just inaugurated a week ago has asked to meet with us. I'm going up. Because last year, the Minister of Health told us that we have reached 22% of that entire nation through Hope International Ministries. Is that awesome? But because of all of this that has happened in my life before me, I believe that God has taken us there to reach 100% of that nation for Him. Can you say amen? Listen, I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know. Thank you, Jesus, I didn't fall. Somebody in the first service said, you know, I think you might not be a good idea to stop climbing ladders at your age. God takes us steps along the way. And God does great things in our lives as we learn from where we've been. And the memorial stones help us to understand and realize that we can do all things through Christ. Never would have happened if it wouldn't have been for John Kipper leading me to Christ. After I asked John, the Lord into my life that day, John and I were driving down the road a couple weeks later. And I was just newly saved. A lot of things had changed in my life because when you get saved, old things pass away and all things become new. You know? <laughs> I started dropping F-bombs. How many of you know what an F-bomb is? Let me see your hand. Good, there's enough people I don't have to explain it. Thank you, Jesus. But I had just gotten saved. And after I did that, John, he was just driving. He was silent. For John, that's unusual. I said, what's wrong? He said, uh, you're a child of God now. A Christian who's been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ is a new creation. Your life is new because the old man has passed away cussing like that, like the old man does, is like walking upon, treading on the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you. Wow. Remarkable. It changed my life. I stopped cussing. It wasn't hard. It's like it happened. Once I understood, because I was in the Word, it appalled. I find it shocking that I meet people in the church as I travel who have been in the church born again for 20 years and they still cuss. Well, I'm not. Understand, I've been there. 
But here's the thing. When I hear born-again believers, board members, and even pastors, did I say pastors? I did. In our fellowship, yes. Swearing, yes. Excuse my French, but I'm thinking, I don't know any French, and I understood that completely. There's something wrong. They haven't been on the same pilgrimage that I've been on. People in the world come to church, and if they hear believers cussing and living like the world, they can do that without coming to church, without serving God. How many of you are catching what I'm saying today? I'm on my soapbox. I know it. but it should speak to every aspect of our lives. And if it doesn't, there's something wrong. Right now, you're going through issues in your life because of this season that we've just been through. Going from here to there doesn't mean we fly over it. It means we go through it, but we cross over And what's on the other side of it is better than what we had before it hit. What am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say to you, friends, is that some of you may have been saying, whether it's in your own heart or in your mind or saying it to somebody else, I wish we could just go back to the way it was before COVID hit. No. You don't want what you had in February. Because if God wanted you to have what you had in February, you'd still be in your February season. But God's had us go through this. He didn't give it to us. He didn't send the plague. Life happens. And this thing has come, and what we're supposed to do is in the midst of it, the trying of our faith, Be patient and wait upon the Lord and be strengthened. Because what God's trying to show us is that what was happening in February over here is not as great as what's going to be over here, over there in September, October, and November. Don't go back. Always go forward. That's the progressive plan of the Father for our lives. I want you to be encouraged today because as you wait upon the Lord, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. When you move from here to there, on the other side of this season, there's joy. I've preached too long. You know, I haven't preached since March, so you got the whole boatload. Listen, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord as your Savior. Or you're here because somebody brought you here rather than coming on your own volition. You came because other people, they want you here. Maybe there's some things going on in your life. You haven't been living the way 
Christ has said he wants you to live. Maybe you've picked up the ladder and gone back instead of going forward. Today can be a new day. You can start fresh and new and have a glorious journey, an incredible pilgrimage. So here's what I'm going to ask. If you're here this morning and you don't want to live over here, but you're ready to cross over to over there, however that applies to you, I've given you a lot of information to draw from. But if you're done living over here and you're ready to move on to over there, on the count of three, I'd like you just to stand to your feet. One, two, three, wherever you are. Wow. Amen. 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 Now the second question is this. If you're here this morning and you know that a fresh commitment, a new commitment, maybe it's your first commitment, the first time you've had an opportunity to do this. Maybe you've done it before. I think I got saved 10 times in my first year of being a Christian. I just felt like I needed it. And God was faithful, and here I am today. But if you're here today, you say, Pastor, I need to make a fresh commitment to Christ. Would you just slip up your hand right now wherever you are? Wherever you are. Anyone at all? Yes, sir. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Yes, sir. Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes. 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 Wow. Will you all stand with me, please? repeat this prayer after me will you please especially those that just raised their hand Lord Jesus this is a new day for me my life starts new I confess all my sins to you and I ask for a new future I'm moving from here to there to where you want me to be the old has passed away and all things become new for me all because you died for me and you rose again from the dead for me and because you're alive now I have life everlasting thank you Jesus for coming into my life today amen come on let's give him praise hallelujah thank you Lord thank you God father God I pray for your church Lord, I thank you for what is yet on the horizon. August is just about done. And we are not, we are not content in living where we were yesterday or today. But we're excited about what you have for us tomorrow. I pray, God, that you continue to grow your people, Father, from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength in every aspect of their lives. I pray for parents to pray with their 
their, their children, to have devotions. I pray for husbands and wives to join together in prayer and to believe you for the seemingly impossible. For you are a miracle-working God that's just waiting to hear from your children, waiting to hear your children say, God, I need your help. Thank you, God, that you're teaching us, you're training us, Thank you, God, for the miraculous. Thank you, God, for moving in our lives today. And we'll never forget what you've done in our lives in this service. We give you thanks in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen.